Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today's podcast is going to focus on something we talk about all the time, how homeschooling is the perfect complement for biblical parenting. Blake Willard is here, and I believe you're going to get a lot of great food for thought and a whole lot of reinforcement in the way you've been thinking as you listen in. Blake Willard is the founder and lead consultant at Homeschool Mastery Group. He brings over 12 years of experience in Christian education and leadership, having worked with at-risk youth, church ministry, classical education, hybrid model schools, and launched a Christian startup school. Blake has his master's in education and organizational leadership, and a doctorate in biblical spirituality from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's also a fellow at the Van Lunen Center through Calvin University. Blake left private education to support parents full-time in homeschool advocacy and consulting. So I'll be right back after this message to chat with Blake Willard. So stay tuned. Blake, welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. I am so glad you're here. Thank you, Leslie. It is a privilege to be here with you. I was so interested as I was reading over all the stuff that you've done and the way that God has led you and just really the stuff that he's put in your hand, but not to the education, the experience, all of that. Can you tell us kind of the the short version of how God has led you and how you ended up consulting with homeschool parents? Yeah, it's been a road less traveled by. It's the way I usually describe it. A lot of what God has put before me has not been the direction I thought I was to go. But in so many things, you find that the Lord's leading ultimately brings clarity. And you know, just to rush to the end of, of my narrative, I was leading a Christian school and had an opportunity to build a new community here in Las Vegas and really loved working with the people, loved working with the kids and everything about it. I'm a huge advocate for Christian education in general. But one of the things that I personally am always pointing parents towards is their responsibility from a biblical perspective to be the lead or primary disciple makers of their children. And one of the things that I found is that when parents send their children to get an education somewhere else, when they send their children to Sunday school, when they send their children to church in a way that's kind of broken from themselves as the parents, it a lot of times leads to them taking a step back and putting that responsibility on someone else. Yes. Um, and, and my big thing is trying to get parents on the forefront because I just think there's a very clear biblical call that it starts with parents and everyone else comes after, really. That's the responsibility and the authority that God's put on parents. And so that was one huge aspect. And then the other one was my wife and I have dealt with a little over seven years of infertility. Yeah. And the same month, that she found out she passed the Nevada bar as an attorney. We found out she was pregnant a week later. Um, so we were well, we were celebrating God. On both sides. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. So uh, baby Gia is almost eight months old now, and you know, as soon as as soon as that became a reality, I started questioning myself: How do I be consistent with my own convictions? Because our as a family, our desire has always been to homeschool, but. I've only had other people's children to serve. So now how do I take what I've been doing with families, advocating for their leadership in the home, whether they send their children to school or do it from home? And then how do I be consistent with my own worldview? And so that just, it was a natural transition for me. Well, and, and I love how how God does. He gives you 
all of the background, all of the experience, like the theoretical basis for all of it. And then he allows you to actually put it in play practically. And and he is so good in that. You mentioned something that I wanted to follow up on because you were talking about how easy it is to fall into really the trap of when of thinking that you can outsource a lot of the discipleship. And you mentioned the separation at church and so on. And David and I talk about that a lot as well. And it's not so much that, you know, allowing the kids to go to classes and stuff like that is a terrible thing in and of itself. But for so many, that becomes the only thing instead of a a support, a reinforcement or whatever. And, you know, so I, I really I'd love for you to unpack that because sure. yeah, God, God didn't call youth pastors or Sunday school teachers or anything to be the primary disciple makers of our children. That's us. Yeah. Yeah. And I've I've really seen it at every end of the spectrum just because of my kind of unique background. Like when I started with troubled youth, these are parents a lot of times that have thrown their hands up and said, God, what do we do now? You know, the, you know, whether it's violence or gangs or abuse and, and just a, the full spectrum of sin. But ultimately, we at in that organization believe parents had to be front and center. They had to make commitments just like we wanted their children to make commitments. And we found that kids in trouble almost never could be successful if they didn't feel that they had the support of their parents at home. And that's just a one microcosm of how that that leadership and that support of parents is something that your children are always looking to. In youth ministry, as a youth pastor, I had to have parents come into my office and ask me to fix their kids. And, and I said, what <laughs> are you doing at home? You know, what? Like, tell me about your family. Like, what are your routines? What's your schedule look like? You know, what are the ways that you're emphasizing that faith is something that actually takes priority in your life? And I think when parents outsource it, they stop thinking intentionally about the way that their home is structured to bless their children and to bless their family in a biblical way. And they they just start to lean into other people. And I think it's kind of a natural trap that parents can fall into. But all of these roles, you know, school leader or youth pastor or whatever it is, they're support roles. We come alongside families. So that's that's definitely my big thing is trying to reshape that narrative for families and then also empower them. Because I realize it can also be overwhelming, especially if your children are already, let's say, struggling. Maybe right. those patterns haven't been in place. So it's like, well, how do we go from where we are and get to where maybe God has called us to be biblically and knowing that there's going to be some rocks and some bumps that we're going to stumble a lot along the way. Oh, absolutely. And we've found that there's, there. I, I think that Satan really uses a lot of insecurity in parents where they feel inadequate, not well-trained, not well-versed, not mature enough in their own walk. And they miss the fact that part of the beauty of biblical parenting of discipleship focused, heart focused parenting is you get to grow right along with your child. And yes. as you're growing, you're able to put all of those lessons immediately into play for the good of your kids so that they can get yes. there sooner. So I, I, I really, I've, I've, my heart gets so saddened when I hear people who are defeated before they even start because they just don't feel like they're well equipped to do it. Yeah. And there's like, there's an insider secret, I feel like in education, which is a lot of times instructors are learning just ahead of where their students are. You know, like no matter how well you may know a topic, the chances are that you're always going to have to touch up and refresh or even some things you could explore together. And this is true of like typical academic, you know, curriculum or topics. And this is true of biblical principles because, you know, 
the first will be last. Like we have to go down to the bottom sometimes to get things as simple as servant leadership and humility, right? you know? And, and so it's like the best way for your children to learn these things oftentimes is to see their parents along with them stumbling through these same things and seeing their value. And, you know, like I think the Christian life is all about repentance. So when a parent is missing the mark and they're just a little bit off, they just acknowledge it. And there's so much power in a child seeing that even though their parents are perfect, their God is. And so we're always conforming and reforming our hearts to be more in the image of Christ. Oh, exactly. And, you know, we, I share a lot when I speak that discipleship is really leveraging everything that I've learned for the good of another. And one of the things that God uses so profoundly in my life is I recognize how much I need to learn. I, it drives me to my knees. It drives me to his word because I want so much for my kids. I want to be able to shepherd their hearts and and point them to Jesus and help them have a solid foundation. And that has been one of the things that God has used in me personally as probably the greatest motivator of all. You know, and the, one of the things, like parents, a lot of times they don't feel equipped. And, and there will be these reasons when it comes to homeschooling or even biblical discipleship. Well, I don't have a teaching degree or certification or these, they, there's these things they put out in front of them that they don't exist in the Bible, you know, but like, no one is going to love your children more than you do. No one is going to be more devoted to them than you are. And so if a teacher is struggling, the chances are they're probably not on their knees in tears and in prayer every night asking for God's mercy for what do I do from here, God? Like, show me the way. But parents will do that. Right. You know, and that is going to translate into what parents can offer their children because they do know them better than anyone else. They do love them more than anyone else can really understand. And so because of that, there's a commitment of what they're willing to do. That's really, it would be really, let's say, expensive to expect that of someone else. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And that's just one of the many privileges of being a parent and actually being a homeschooling parent, because the the opportunity that you're given is so much greater just in time and just different things like that. But I wanted Sometimes we talk in in terms that I think get a little squishy. I think, you know, we throw <laughs> things around and people are like, yeah, I want that. But they, we don't really take the time to define it, give people something tangible. So as we are talking about biblical parenting, yeah, you know, we both have kind of an idea of what we mean by that. But how would you break that down for someone who's like, yes, I want to do it. But what in the world is it? How do you break that down and define that? Hold that thought. We will be right back after a short break. The award-winning CSB Explorer Bible for Kids helps kids place God's Word in the middle of God's world. Within its engaging, full-color pages, kids will interact with the people, places, and things of the Bible and God's creation. Fascinating images, illustrations, timelines, and study helps show archaeological evidence, introduce key characters, explain new concepts, and help kids experience the wonder and truth of the Bible. QR codes placed throughout the Bible bring educational videos, discussion questions, and activity pages to life, helping kids apply key truths of the Bible to real-world experiences. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash Explorer Bible to get your copy now. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash Explorer Bible. Sure. I guess my first encouragement for parents would be 
if you're not, start reading the Bible uh-huh. and start reading it with your children. You know, because the the Bible gives very explicit must dos and and responsibilities. You see, uh, Deuteronomy six is a huge one that gives a structure and a model for the way in which parents raise their children, as far as setting before your kids the like the things. So the way I describe it is. Everywhere your children go, you have them always bumping into God. So yes. it says when they rise up, when they go down, when they go out, when they come in, you write it on their forehead, on their wrists. And whether or not you take every aspect of that literally doesn't change the fact that what these parents are doing ped- pedagogically, so like their approach to education, is making sure that God is always before their children. And when you look at the Old Testament narratives, you see that every time God did something significant in the lives of the people of God, they put up memorials and signposts that pointed back for future generations to understand what God had done. And it's, it was almost never for the existing people at that time. They would, it would always say, for your children and children's children, so that when your child looks at this and says, why is this here? You now have an opportunity to explain to your children what God has done in the history of his people and in your life. Because every believer becomes a part of the narrative of God's people. And so it's like in our homes, it's setting up signposts. It's setting up memorials that are pointing our children back to God. And if they don't get it right away, it's there bumping into them. Eventually they're going to ask questions, you know? So, so there's those things. And then there's, you know, there's like Ephesians six where we, we hear that parents, you know, there's, there's biblical household codes that are described in five and six of, of Ephesians. And in, in chapter six specifically, it identifies parents, but also dads in the way that they teach your children and not to exasperate their children. Like, yep. you know, there's just so many different components that are giving models and examples and then also giving commands. And so what I would say is biblical parenting is doing our best to apply those models to our lives because God's word is living and active and it's always relevant for who we are right now. Absolutely. And I absolutely love the way that you you talked about Everywhere your kiddos go, you're having them bump into Christ. You've got those those memorials, those signposts. They are seeing Jesus in everything, every area. And when you are looking at it that way, there are so many teachable opportunities that aren't confrontational. They're not lecture. They're very, very natural, kind of like Deuteronomy 6 talks about as you walk, as you talk. This is just doing life and actually passing on your faith as you grow yourself in an unbelievably natural way. Yeah, yeah. All of those things, like the things that we do with our children or with our families are setting an example. And they give us an opportunity to have Christ-centered conversations and interactions. You know, like today it might be when you go in the car and when you drive back home, but is is the word of God on your lips and on your mouth? Yeah. Is that the thing that your children are hearing from you as you interact together? Obviously, you can talk about, you know, ice cream and whatever else you want to talk about. But do they know who, like, who you are formed by and what it is that's influencing you? And is it, is, you know, are you imparting that Christian identity to your children in the things that you display and in the things that you say? Right, right. And, and it, like you even noted there, it's not all about just serious conversations. It, it should just ooze out of your pores. It is who you are. And so every conversation, should lean into this idea that, you know, at the center of all that we do and who we are is the fact that we are believers in Jesus Christ and he has saved us and we get to serve him and love people in his name. And that 
that really changes the entire culture of your family. It does. It does. You know, and when parents, you know, it's not, it's not putting on display like you're putting it on a show, but when parents integrate those things into their person, it comes out of them and children see who you, who you actually are, right? Cause they're going to see all the nasty stuff too. They're going to see sin and stumbling. But when they see that, that prime, that character of Christ conquering sin in your life, then they're going to know that it's real and God willing, you know, they're going to know that this is this is the way that they should go as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we I, I talked about a little bit in the uh, introduction, and and you've alluded to it several times. But homeschooling is an incredible tool for a Christian parent, for someone who is wanting to biblically parent their children. Homeschooling is not the gospel. It is not your yes, mission yes. in and of itself. So, as as someone who does coach people in this. Who is it me? Because I would love for people to hear from other people. How do you see that homeschooling actually supports biblical parenting? Yeah. So when you, when you look back on that passage from Deuteronomy six that talks about, you know, again, in my words, having your children always bump into God, those are things that you want to do with your children. You know, you can't set up your community necessarily, but you can set up your home Mm -hmm. as a community of faith. And so. The, the number one factor is that you have time together. Like when parents send their children to school and they're gone six, seven, eight hours, that's most of their waking day. Yeah. And, and you don't get to take the, those opportunities back to influence your children in a biblical way. So just the like time is the biggest factor. Children want to be with their parents. They want to know that they can trust them. And so when you homeschool, you're automatically taking back and redeeming that time and you're showing that, you know, the things that you do together include learning, it includes formal instruction and includes play and includes chores, like it's holistic. And because of that, it doesn't become this like divorce thing where a lot of times kids will go to school and then they won't want to do school at home because they feel like school is something you do at school. But it's like, I I always try to break that down for parents. It's learning is a part of our life, right? We want to be lifelong learners. We absolutely want to be engaged in learning and growing in, in our faith our entire life. And so when it's just who you are, then then your children don't get that false dichotomy where learning happens over here and then this is the place where I relax or where I play. You know, it all happens in one place. And so it just creates a very organic, a very consistent opportunity for parents to, you know, live out all of their values for their children, their goals for their children. Like it's all in one place. And is it going to be perfect? Never. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. But just just the fact that you you redeem that time and you're you're learning together, you know, because again, sometimes kids will come home and they'll think I know something you don't know, and they almost want to rub their parents' nose in it. Which I think that's a developmental stage too. Uh, <laughs> but but just that that idea that like we're doing this together. So you know, if you have one parent outside of the home working and then coming home, and you have one that's primary educator, then they have an opportunity to inquire. And to ask their children as they spend time around the table and around the couch or, or, you know, and it becomes this thing where everybody's involved and, yeah. and you don't take a passive role because you, you're literally the only one that's making this thing happen. It just makes everyone more active in your children's education. Oh, it does. We found when we first brought our kids home from school that when David would come home, it was like dog piled daddy to share everything that they had learned through the day. Yes. And because they were learning together and we were all kind of moving in the same direction, it was such a natural thing. 
And I started thinking back, that never happened when they were in school. Like they, they weren't, as soon as he got home, they couldn't wait to tell him what they had learned. And the difference is that we had done it all together. It was now shifted to a family activity. So it was very natural to engage every member of the family in it. Absolutely. And I don't know if this was your experience, but you know, your kids, if they're different ages, they're all likely in different classrooms. But when they're learning together, there's a sense of accountability where yep. they're going to hold each other too. you know, if they, if someone says something that's not true, they're going to correct them. If someone says something that's, you know, a little off, everybody's aware, like you can't hide anything from anybody. And that that's, that's really a good thing. We don't want deceit or deception or just a, an unwillingness to engage. And because you have those shared experiences, everybody can call each other out. Sometimes yep. we can you know, kind of shut down within ourselves, but everyone has the ability to connect with each other on a personal way because you've experienced these things together. Oh, absolutely. And and I can tell you from way down the road from where y- you are with your own family that you know, now I've got adult children who still, when we're all together, they're tossing out nuanced, weird things that they learned way back when, and they're laughing and joking. And it it really creates a tie that binds that you can't even imagine. Like I would have never yeah. dreamed back 12, 13, 14 years ago that learning botany together and all the <laughs> stuff that we did would come up, you know, with my adult kids around the table. And yet it's that's just one of the really neat benefits that God gives us as we walk in faith, take those steps of obedience. There's all kinds of cool stuff that comes out of it. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it's it's really been such a joy to see them maturing together, their relationships just growing and deepening. And it's just it's amazing what God has done. But, you know, we've got we're kind of in an era now where a lot of people have either just jumped into homeschooling over the last couple of years or they're looking really seriously at it. I I feel like the school system is making it a necessity that everyone is looking really seriously at homeschooling now. But for a lot of people, the fear, the insecurity, all of those things really makes it a difficult call for them. So yeah. what kind of maybe to put minds at ease or to to give them some things to think about, what are some of the biggest pitfalls that, that Christian parents make when they're transitioning into homeschooling so that maybe our families can can, you know, do everything they can to avoid those? Sure. Well, the number one thing that I see, and I don't know what your experience has been, but the number one thing for me is that the vast majority of parents who desire to homeschool their children didn't themselves come from that upbringing. Yeah, absolutely. And so what they take into homeschooling is their preconceived notions about what school, quote unquote, has to be. Mm -hmm. And so that means that usually they're leaving schools because of a whole bunch of different reasons. They're frustrated with the content or the curriculum. The academics is not, you know, to the standard of the expectations of the family. There's uh, cultural stuff that they don't agree with. There's ideological stuff that's, you know, against their faith foundationally. So there's a lot of reasons they, they understand what they're leaving, but they don't have a clear picture of what it is that they're running towards. And so they end up kind of repeating some of the same patterns that were a part of that traditional school. Well, we've got to do subject by subject, grade level by grade level for every student. You know, we have to do seven, eight hours of learning every day. And no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. I can tell you as someone who's who's been a teacher, who's been a, an administrator and a school leader, there is so much time you know, I have to say this tactfully, that is not used for education in a school because right. you have a herd of people, you have a lot of transitions, you have to break that learning space up. 
you know, you might have a maximum of three or four productive hours of learning in a very health, healthy functioning school. Okay. Well, remove all of those obstacles, remove 15, 20, 30 minutes of transporting your kids back and forth, you know, remove the other 27 students that are in their class. And, and suddenly you have so much more time. And so my big thing with the homeschool, it's freedom and it's flexibility. So I always tell parents, if your homeschool that you are establishing doesn't work for you, then it won't work for your children. It has to be a sustainable model for your family. Now, granted, parents will have to make sacrifices to do it. Absolutely. But like, if you absolutely have to work certain amount of hours a week, then your homeschool is going to have to work around those hours. And that is okay because a school can't do that, but you can't. And so it's just allowing your life to, you know, have some, some amount of priority in the way that you establish your school. Like there may be parents that make the intentional decision that one parent is not going to work. And that's a a good thing, but it may mean like, can we continue to live in the place that we live? You know, so there, there's some, some difficult questions that I try to get parents to think about and to answer before they start so that when they start, they're not disillusioned with, Oh, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. And so I really am a huge advocate of just an honest self-evaluation. And that's something I try to do with parents before they jump in, God willing, so that they really know, like, there's a cost and benefit to everything. And I told this parents, it's the parents at the school all the time, like, you're going to pay now or you're going to pay later. Right. And so no matter what, there is a cost, but you have to evaluate, okay, these are the things that we know will, it will cost us to do this venture, but what will we gain? And what will we lose if we don't do this? When is it going to come back to hurt us? Like, are we okay with our children's souls wandering off into the way of the world? Like there's some huge costs that can be incurred. And so just a healthy and honest understanding means that even when it's tough, yeah, but what are we getting out of this? Why are we doing this? And getting back to those foundations is really huge. Right. And and even once you make the decision to jump into it, how you set it up, you know, we have, I've written a book called Heart School. We have all kinds of classes and intensive and, and stuff to, to help people understand that biblical homeschooling, going for the heart of your kids looks different. It's, and you have, it's a whole paradigm shift for how you approach your days, your priorities, your, what you say yes to, how you, how you set up your life. And, but it truly does take recognizing that everything is going to be different. And Mm -hmm. that's good because we are pursuing what God has called us to do. Yes, absolutely. And the other thing that, uh, you know, I try to get parents to, to realize if they haven't already, there are so many learning opportunities within the hall that are totally missed in schools. They're like, they're not going to be able to do genuine home economics and meal planning and prep and trip planning and, and life, you know, just orienting a schedule and a calendar around the needs of the entire family. You can do those things with your children. And those are really important skills that I see kids all the time don't have. And because of that, they stumble through life for sometimes decades because of these really simple foundational skills that you could impart to your children. And you could, you could make it a part of their formal education, or you can make it just an organic part of things that you do as a family. However, you choose to record it, like take note of the fact that these things are incredibly valuable. And it's one of the ways that your children are getting an experience beyond their peers, not less than. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, again, it just further cements relationships and, and yes. you know, the ability to work together. And it gives them a bigger perspective of how life functions. You know, the school perspective is pretty siloed, whereas a home perspective is much more broad. 
And yeah. so there are um, just a myriad of incredible benefits that most people don't even consider because you wouldn't really recognize them until you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's what I try to try to do is just to pull that stuff out for parents so they can start, you know, where the, there's, there's a proverb where there's no vision, the people will perish. Yeah. Like I want parents to have a vision for what their time with their family can be and for who their children can grow up to be according to God's will and for what God can do in their lives. Cause that's going to start to transform the way they approach the entire process. And you know, if you, if you don't have vision, if you don't have a, a, a goal for the future, you just kind of, kind of like flounder around in what's immediate, but mm-hmm. let's start directing our intentions towards what's ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're, we're getting kind of low on time, but I want to ask you, what advice would you give a, a, a young Christian couple who are considering homeschooling, but they don't feel equipped, they don't feel prepared? You know, they, they've been listening in and they're, they're probably going, yeah, I want that. But they, there's still that, that nagging insecurity that's just holding them back. Yeah. Well, I would tell you this, the intention to homeschool and the fact that you're, you're leading your home doesn't mean you have to be alone. And one thing that people don't realize is the homeschooling community is diverse and it is significant. And the people who are committed to homeschooling are committed and they want to see not just their own family flourish, but other people who are coming along with a, with a like-minded approach, they want to see them do well too. So my advice would be find a community of people who can support you. That, that was my whole intention in creating the homeschool mastery group was that parents could, could come in and they could find community. They could find expertise. They could find an educational perspective and a biblical perspective. But the main thing is that they understand that, okay, there's things we don't know and that we have to learn along the way, but we also have help. And because we have help, we can do this. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is so important. In fact, even as we've talked to people, one of the the themes that comes up over and over and over is just this feeling of isolation, this or, or this assumption of a feeling of isolation, either way. Yeah. And it just, especially today, does not need to be that way at all. Uh, there are so many ways that you can plug in, so many resources that you can take advantage of that feeling all alone is something that's very much over overcomable. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you and I can speak from three or 4,000 miles apart um, and I can be, you know, touched and inspired, like that's true for families too. If you don't have someone where you are, there is someone who can serve you. And because, you know, we do have these advantages with connectivity, you can get connected with people who want to help you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Blake, can you tell us a little bit about what is the Homeschool Mastery Group? What are you trying to accomplish there? How can people find it? Give us a little bit more information about that, if you don't mind. Absolutely. So you can find me at starthomeschooling.io and at Homeschool Mastery on YouTube, on on Twitter, on uh, Instagram. Like I'd, I'd love to have people just see what's going on. But the what the group does is it tries to put all those needs and those desires that parents have into one place. And so I have online courses that that walk through like creating a family education plan. What are the most important things as a new family approaching homeschooling that are going to help give us a sense of confidence and establish us so that we can move forward. And and one thing that a lot of parents don't have that I I come in as an as an educator and try to bring that expertise into their mindset. So and as they think about forming a pedagogical approach how to structure their home, how to create schedules, how to utilize learning opportunities and experiential education. So I do consulting every week and anyone who's a part of that group, they can be on there to ask any questions and get those things answered every single week. So it's it's an ongoing community where you get courses, 
you get you know Q and A's, you get live sessions, and just trying to put all the things in one place so that families feel that they have support and that they also have the skills, the hard skills that they need to be able to homeschool well. Well, that is that is awesome, and I will make sure that we link all of those things in the show notes to make it really easy for people to to connect with you to find you. I think that there's probably a lot of interest out there just because of the confidence that that being able to get that consulting, get that very, very practical, very specific information and coming from someone who's been there, done that on the other side, the non-homeschooling side yeah. is, I, I would imagine, a real plus as well. Yeah. Well, uh, it's been a real pleasure to be able to talk with you. I love what you guys are doing at Teach Them Diligently. And so I just want to say thanks for, for having me on. Well, I am so glad that you were here. It has, it's been a blessing and a joy, and I made lots of notes, as I'm sure everyone else did too. So thank you so much, Blake. Thank you, Leslie. To everyone else, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. I, I just imagine that you, like me, have been marking stuff down, taking notes of things to just chew on later. Blake made a lot of really good points that I just want to, to make sure that you consider, you ponder as you're looking at how your homeschool is set up, how you are applying biblical principles to the way that you parent and educate your children. That is truly at the mission of what we talk about all the time, where we note that the Great Commission starts right there at home. Your home is your Jerusalem, bringing your kids to Christ and not putting anything in the way of them getting there. And when you are using home education as a tool to reach their hearts, as a tool to give you time, conversations, all of these great things, you are able to, like he noted, let your children bump into Christ all around your home, all through your life. And it is such a great tool. So make sure that you you check out all the offerings that Blake has. I also encourage you to check out the Heart School book. I believe that it will be a really big help to you as you set up that Heart School approach and I pray that that you will be able to, to get some confidence and some clear direction that way. So have a wonderful rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more. So check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm.